Hello, everyone, and welcome to Level Grinders Podcast. My name is Adam, and this episode, we're going to be sharing our thoughts on about UN3 2022 and some of our standouts over the past week. I'm joined today by two co-hosts. Coming in for his third straight appearance is BLP Entertainment's James Holiday. James, thank you so much for being on the show again. <laughs> Thanks for having me again. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Also joining for this episode back in his uh, his debut on Level Grinders, we've got Lordly King S. Stephen Beagle. Stephen, welcome back to the show. It's good to be back. I think this is a great, great return episode. Absolutely. Yeah, it's huge, too. Uh, we are we're uh, we just kind of got through the bulk of everything, all the all the big games, fest on three, not E3, whatever you want to call it. And, uh, you know, there's tons to talk about. So it's, it, you know, we had Keeley's big summer game fest kickoff on Thursday, Xbox Bethesda and the PC gaming show went yesterday on Sunday as of this recording. And we had a whole bunch of solid indie shows kind of sandwiched in between and smattered all around. And so I kind of want to talk a little bit uh, about those shows as well as the games that we saw within those shows. So we're going to jump right into it. We got a lot to talk about. So uh, let's just kind of go ahead and and start off with the kind of the, the shows themselves. Um, you know, obviously, Summer Game Fest kickoff and Xbox Bethesda, those were like the big those were the big events and then like i said we had kind of had those smaller ones strewn about and that was you know otk had one so asmongold and some other creators came together and had a showcase we had future gaming show show that we usually have devolver had a show like they normally have which was just great <laughs> um and then it, there were just so many others i mean wholesome games direct a lot of great day of the devs i could go on um, so let's start off. What, what was uh, what were the big standouts as far as shows um, for you guys? Like which ones really kind of which ones really landed for you, James? Why don't you go ahead and start us off here? I, this is really odd for me to say because I don't own a single Xbox console, but that Xbox Bethesda showcase was actually really good. They I it, think yeah. it was just oh, they everything was going to be coming out in the next year. Mm -hmm. And well, coming out in the next year but also the fact is they just had so much of everything like i'm there's a few things that i was like eh, i don't know why they wouldn't just like the two um forza games well i don't know why they didn't put them closer together just seemed like more made more sense to me to see them uh grouped together but um at the end of the day i think there was like three or four games in there that i was actually got my attention and uh and then a diversity of multiple different, like from major AAA games to indie games. And I think it just did so much in that span of time it was an hour and a half. And it was mm -hmm. I, I thought it was phenomenal. And yeah. while it's like not right up my alley, I really enjoyed it. And I was like, you know what? I got Game Pass. I can play these games. It's amazing, so, isn't it? Oh, it's such a cool exciting feeling to find that every single one of those games are coming to game pass i'm there i'm there with you and, and the thing about and like what you said about xbox was the the variety that they had so back in you know back in the the old days of xbox we could pretty much count on them to just show us a bunch of shooters and maybe some hardware and that was kind of the you know the, their forza game and that was about it and now we're seeing a totally different thing. They're saying these are all the things that's coming to Game Pass. Here's all the things that, you know, we've got studios working on, third party uh, developers that we're working with to bring these games to Game Pass. And, and what was it? There was there was, um, what, 30 or 40 games in there and like all but seven are coming to Game Pass. Like it was insane. 
And so, yeah, I t- I'm totally there with you. I mean, I, th- I think that was the best, the, the best show that we've seen. And, um, you know, there's some, there were some really good ones, but I mean, it's hard to deny that that was like the, the best one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree with you guys with, uh, with Xbox's show. It was, it was solid. It was a solid A for me. Uh, there was a ton of games that, that were shown and it was a wide variety of games. Uh, the one that I'm going to point out though, is going to be the IGN Expo. Uh, which was another one of these shows where I think the only thing that they really lacked were the big AAA titles, but they had a whole slew of things, a big range of different genres that were represented, and a, a pile of the um, the life sim craft survivor that I'm mm. you know probably going to check out myself just because of how good they looked and how much fun I've had with Stardew or Animal Crossing in the past. So like they had a really great uh, I think IGN. And I don't speak highly on IGN um, very often, but they had a they had a solid expo where they gave us a lot of great stuff. Uh, like I said, across a number of different genres, where I think if you didn't come out of there with at least one game uh, that you were looking at and you wanted to kind of play, um, then you're just a AAA fanboy at that point. I think. <laughs> yeah they they had a they had a pretty good show. I was I was uh, pleased with what they had now. Now that you bring it up, though, I kind of have to address the elephant in the room here. And, and you and I talked about this uh, a bit yesterday. And that is the fact that the IGN Twitch channel is so, so toxic. It is mm-hmm. it is a terrible chat to look at, to participate in. Like there, there's nothing there's no mod. Uh, there's there's no modding being done on that at all. Everyone in that chat is so rude. Uh, there's racism going on in there. And it just all goes unchecked. Uh, they're very rude to the devs. You know, they're using the, the resident sleeper uh, emotes on like every game that's playing. It's like, Ermagard, where's my where's my triple A title? And it's like, dude, that's not what this is. Like, and you should know this by now that this is not what this is. Yeah. And it's just, uh, although I am very curious now, like uh, over the past couple years, it's been all like anytime you look in chat, it's it's like, where's where's my Elden Ring? And then, you know, last year we had Elden Ring and now it's where's my Silk Song? Now we've got Silk Song. What's next? What's going to be the next thing where people are like, the wild where's my, the, yeah. okay, there it is. There it is. Yeah. Dragon's I'm like, what? Dragon's Dogma too. That is, I saw that. Oh my gosh. So much in the Capcom presentation, which was mm-hmm. um, on the, on the flip side of things. That one was just bad. In my opinion, that was awful. Um, there wasn't much there for me. It was, and, you know, that, I think that was the thing that kind of, kind of, Drop the ball for me at Capcom is I don't know what I was expecting to see out of it because I'm not like a huge Capcom fan. I don't mm. play a whole lot of their games. Maybe more Street Fighter is kind of what I was looking for from it. But yeah, there just wasn't there. There wasn't much there for me for for Capcom show. They didn't yeah. come out and say that they were going to only talk about like games that have been announced. So like to temper expectations. But I mean, it reminded me of their last. What, what didn't they do one last year? And it was pretty. They much did the exact pretty same. much same thing. It was, yeah, everybody knew exactly what was going to be there, and there's nothing of substance to add. Yeah, to it. it's, it's one of Monster those things. Hunter and Resident Evil. Like, yeah, that's Capcom pretty much now, it. Yeah, yeah. I was kind of hoping that after last year they would have kind of read the room a little bit and maybe brought a little bit more heat to this one. And and my my thing is that they could have done that if they hadn't given all their major announcements to other showcases. Mm-hmm. So uh, PlayStation got Resident Evil 4 Remake. Keeley got Street Fighter 6. 
And and then of course, you know, uh, what was it? Sun Sunbreak or whatever has been a thing for like people have known about that for a while. And so they did bring out some additional kind of new things to go to go along with Resident Evil in the the Capcom showcase. But as sort of the the end cap, get it? End cap Capcom to the uh, to the week of Summer Game Fest. It was a really poor showing. It was a really bad way to end things off. Whereas like yesterday we had Xbox, we had the PC gaming show. Both were really great. And I think that would have been a great way to kind of, uh, you know, put the, you know, the bookend on Summer Game Fest for the week. And then they're like, well, we've got Capcom here. And then again, it's just kind of a, I don't know, bad, a little bit of a bad taste in my mouth from that showcase. Um, just again, because they didn't bring the heat. They gave all their big stuff to other other events. So it was kind of a letdown for me. Um, I was, James, you and I were talking about uh, on the last episode about whether or not we'd have a Nintendo Direct. I I boldly claim that we would have one on the 14th. Uh, does not look like that's happening as of the time of this recording. No. So it uh, looks like that, there, that there bold claim. for the end of the month. Though, I, I heard, yeah. So like, yeah. Uh, what was it? The, the Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday at the end of the month, 28th or 29th, people are saying as, as the new rumor date for Nintendo Direct. So it's still possible that I'm partially right as far as, yes, we, we may have a Direct this month, but um, it's not confirmed yet. And, uh, so, so yeah, so we don't have that to look forward to, uh, Square Enix. We're still unsure when theirs is going to be, you know, uh, I believe they said that there's going to be something either late this month or, or sometime next month. But, but anyway, so, uh, to, to highlight a showcase that I really enjoyed, I of course have to go with Devolver Digital. They always just are a lot of fun. And uh, while they didn't show a ton of games that I'm really interested in, they did show one that I am particularly interested in, which we're going to talk about a little bit later. So I have to give like I have to give uh, again, kind of tip my cap to them. While I think, you know, Xbox Bethesda was, in my opinion, easily the best show, uh, Devolver Digital gets it in the entertainment factor for sure, uh, as always, as they, they just they have some really brilliant minds out there that come up with some really just silly off the wall um, stuff to, to bring into their showcases. So kudos to them for that. <laughs> so uh, any, any other comments as far as like the events themselves before we jump into the games? I think the only thing that I'll say is I really like I yesterday or last year, I dogged it a lot. Uh, kind of the, the big indie focus in this game fest season. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you, there was there was just something about the show. There was a lot of great games shown, oh, yeah. and I, I maybe it's maybe it's the the post post pandemic. Everything's starting to get back to work, and that everybody's churning stuff out. And we kind of just missed all of these ones last year uh, because of that pandemic. And now it's like, here's all this great stuff that we mm-hmm. were actually working on. So now it it felt full, it felt rich, and there's a lot of different small developers that I have my eye on now. Uh, compared to last year. So that's the last thing I'll say is I think that the highlighting that happened this year for indie games was phenomenal. This was just a a great showing by all these smaller studios, just, mm-hmm. you know, churning out some great stuff. Yeah, we had a really great series of events that took place over the, the course of the week. And again, largely indie focused there uh, because all the all the major publishers and developers, they're kind of they're doing their own things. And, and some of them aren't ready to show anything like we had zero Ubisoft here. Uh, Nintendo is, you know, maybe later this month, Square Enix, maybe later this month, next month, 
so there's a lot of sort of no-shows here that we're kind of waiting to see. Uh, EA's no-show. I don't know if I said that already or not, but yeah, EA no-show this year. And and so it's kind of one of those things where I think it's it's obvious E3 is sorely missed. I think if E3 were around, we'd be seeing Nintendo for sure would be there. Uh, so we would have a Nintendo Direct. We'd be having Treehouse basically this week. Right now, we'd be having it. Uh, E3, you know, may or may not have. I, they've been kind of wishy-washy. Sometimes they go in July. And so they're all over the place. Maybe we can't count on them. I do think Ubisoft probably would have been a thing around this time if E3 were around. So I think it's very, um, I think it, it, E3 is very sorely missed, certainly by me. And I think um, the industry, I think still, as as much as people are ready to say it's done, you know, throw in the towel, I think it's easy to see that it's still it, the absolute cornerstone of making sure that we get it, like a, just all the big AAA stuff at this time. So... Keely three is not quite where it should be. Yeah, Keely three, I like it. <laughs> Keely three on three, not E three, all the yeah. things, aka Summer Game Fest. Um, so yeah, it was still a really fun time. Uh, Steven, you and I, we got a chance to to kind of do what we usually do on E three. We get together with a couple friends. We get some wings. We we watch events. So we did that yesterday. We got some wings. We watched Xbox Bethesda. We watched PC Gaming Show. Just a great time. The day flew by. Um, it was awesome. So it was nice to be able to do that again. Although our uh, top favorite wing joint is no longer a thing. So we had to settle for Buffalo Wild Wings. And uh, I think Stephen put it put it well when he said they got the job done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but they were they were not the they were not the the substitute that I think any of us wanted them to be. But they got the job done. Um, but still, it was a lot of fun. It was a good time. So, uh, games. Wow, uh, we we've, we've saw a lot of them over the over the past you know week or so. What do you guys want to talk about first? Because there is a absolute plethora. Oh, damn it! You took the exact word out of me. <laughs> I literally was sitting there going. So clearly there's some there's some real heavy hitters in here. And then, of course, we've got some indie games. Uh, do we want to save some of the, the big ones for later? Or do we just want to start right out the gate with those? I I would like to start with Starfield because I have okay. a take. Yeah, let's do it. Um, so Starfield, you know, amazing showing. I was so happy to see the gameplay of that uh, of that um, yesterday. Mm. And immediately what came to mind was no man's sky right uh because being a thousand plus hour player of no man's sky whenever i saw what was presented to us i'm like this like this is no man's sky 2 you know and and that was the initial thought i went back and watched the trailer after the um you know kind of out of the event hype and just wanted to really uh, analyze it and stuff like that comparisons were already being done online with it uh, you know how Starfield is just a No Man's Sky knockoff. All oh, No Man's Sky has been doing this forever. Like all that stuff is. I was dropping memes and chats. Like it was, <laughs> um, and some of them are really funny. But mm-hmm. you know, the one thing, the one thing that we have to realize that with No Man's Sky, their RPG element is not really a thing. You can quest. There are quests that go on. There's things to do other than just you know survive and and craft and build bases. Um, but they're not as as rich in character as what Bethesda has put together in their previous games, Skyrim, Oblivion, um, uh, Fallout games, you know, those sort of things. 
So I think whenever uh, the comparison is being made to No Man's Sky, it's fair because there's a lot of things that seem like it's copy pasted. Space combat or ship to ship combat is one. Um, landing down on any point on a planet that you want to, having multiple planets, base building, all of that stuff is very, very similar to what we see already in No Man's Sky. Um, but there are some some big differences to it, and that's going to be um, one thing is, is is the fact that they dropped uh, uh, ship customization on us, the customis customization for your own character, um, again, the questing that's going to be involved with this, and whenever, whenever they said, oh, we've got a thousand planets and a hundred systems, a lot of No Man's Sky players were like, whatever, we've got 18 <laughs> quintillion, you know, planets that we could land on. It's like, but whenever you put it in the context of a Bethesda RPG, I don't want to have that much to go after planet wise because I want to be able to stay on story. Mm -hmm. um, so whenever I, when, so whenever I see a thousand, thousand planets, in a hundred systems, it's like that actually feels pretty good because in a uh, let's call it a 40 hour playthrough of a new No Man's Sky file, I'm hitting about a hundred systems. So that feels kind of right to me um, whenever it comes to what they've got there to offer in the galaxy for us already. And there's always the ability to expand upon it later through DLCs and stuff like that. So I'm not going to come down hard on this as a No Man's Sky fan and say, oh, copy pasta, No Man's Sky 2. I'm not playing this. I've already been blah, blah. It's more going to be, this is going to be a different type of experience and we should be prepared for that. Uh, so any of the No Man's Sky fans out there that's, that are listening to this, you know, just calm down a little bit, take a breath. Um, yes, there's a lot of great features that are coming over from a game that we love, but I think that we're going to get a different experience out of this than what we should look for or that we're ex we're expecting to get uh coming from playing a game that's already a wide open space for us to run around in and that's my take um it is it is very very similar to no man's sky i challenge you to go out and play to get used to your space exploration and jumping from planet to planet and stuff like that um and it's also it's just it's a great game uh but the but starfield i think is going to be just a, a a twist of uh bethesda in there i think my my tweet yesterday was it's like skyrim and no man's sky got together and had a baby named starfield and i can't be more excited about this because they're two great games that i've gotten completely lost in in each of them for you know what's is that mine mm -hmm. who's making sounds right now does anybody hear that no, no. <laughs> sorry i had there was some other audio that came through i don't know why oh. that happened um i'm leaving that in okay <laughs> uh, yeah so i think that there's going to be a a huge difference between the two of them in the fact that we just have this huge rpg element that's about to get dumped into mechanics that we've enjoyed in no man's sky and now it's kind of going to focus us in a little bit more with a lot more um you know intrigue and and plot and, and that's what I'm kind of hanging my hand on this and being excited about it. And that's why I'm going to end up getting the game is going to be that sort of thing. Plus, it's on Game Pass. So why not? I'm, I'm going to just be a little bit of an opposite side of the spectrum. Yeah, do it. it. Let's I, hear it. Thousand Planets was a huge turnoff for me. Not because I, I don't think it's enough. I think that's too much. Mm -hmm. I, mm -hmm. I When I see a Bethesda game, I think of they have one map. 
that's massive and expansive. And when you really like explore it, it gets really rough around the edges. Bethesda is known for their glitches mm -hmm. pretty, uh, pretty famously. And it's all because of the modding community that these games get like some so much better, right? Like they it's really the fans that make Bethesda games good, in my opinion. And I don't I'm not really slagging on Bethesda. I know they they've got a lot of developers working on a lot of things, but I think they, they just stretch too thin in some areas of these uh, massive open world games. And for me, like the, I thought Starfield was looking real sharp and really exciting. And they showed you here's our our galaxy, right? And they showed like four or five planets around a sun. And I was like, yeah, this, this looks, this is good. I'm really into this. And then they're like, and we're going to have a thousand more. And I'm like, <laughs> no, <laughs> this is too much. So it's gotta be some form of like procedurally generated this like planets and stuff like that. There's gotta be an, but element the thing that. about that is that it has to be the same for every player because it is, it's, it's a single player experience. It has to be the same for everybody. So it can't oh, really true. be procedurally generated. And that's the wild thing about this is that the, the deeper I dug into this, they're handcrafting each of these planets, which is where my concerns, it's not all roasted in glasses uh -huh. over here. I have a lot of concerns with the multiple planets uh, that they're deciding to throw at us with these being handcrafted. Um, I already have an expectation that we're going to run into, you know, probably a good quarter of all, like 25% of all those planets are probably just going to be barren wastelands with nothing in it. And then it makes me question how rich are they going to be in flora and fauna as well? Because like, if you're sitting down and you're handcrafting a thousand planets, how much time do you really have to come up with completely different species that are living in different biomes, all mm -hmm. those different kinds of biomes? Like we're talking a massive undertaking without procedural generation i am a little fearful on that end that's where my concern is is how interesting are the planets going to be okay that's cool you got 100 system thousand planets but how interesting are they really going to be you know is it going to be um you know maybe one two three maybe four tops where they're like gaia worlds and we can go in and you've mm -hmm. got forests and beasties and all that stuff or are we we gonna have a spectrum like what a that's really what I'm going to be looking at. And probably a good chunk of my time first in the game is going to be figuring that out. I'm, I'm already, I'm already set that I need to go and see what they're doing with the rest of those planets out there because it's a huge undertaking to hand yeah. make these things. I mean, I suppose on, generation. on the other hand, maybe what they could have done, if we think about the game that we're getting is like a seed. So maybe they were procedurally generated and they say, this is just the seed that everyone plays. And yeah. they put that into the game. So maybe it, it started out as procedurally generated. And then maybe maybe part of the QA process was just, hey, go out and make sure that this planet seems functional. Mm -hmm. and or, or visit as many planets and make sure that they seem functional. And kind of go from there rather than them necessarily being entirely handcrafted. Because, I mean, I can't imagine there's there's a way that anybody could handcraft a thousand planets um or so yeah, that's, that's, yeah even that's a team a yeah that's a that's right so there has to be some to sort of procedural generation there and then like i said maybe it's just like a seed that we all just they put that one seed into the game and that's what we all play um I mean, my concern kind of kind of like you james i'm not I'm not so much concerned about the quality of it like sure like it's a it's a, you know, it's a Bethesda game, so it's going to have some jank to it no matter what. So I'm not really concerned about that. I think my main thing is like there's this whole there's this whole galaxy that I want to explore. But 
who's got the time to investigate a thousand planets like that? You're never going to see them all, which I guess is kind of cool. Everyone's going to have their own sort of unique experience or story with the game. And so like, because of that, it, it just, it creates a, a diverse experience, which that's kind of one of the big things with games like Elden Ring and Breath of the Wild. People go out and they, they, they experience it differently. Everyone has different stories about the first time they went to Goron City or the first time they went to, you know, a sacred beast or the first time they went to a Hyrule Castle. Like there's there's going to be so many different stories that come out of this. I think for me, my biggest concern is if the if the gameplay is going to be dull, like the combat from what we've seen, it's, it looks like standard run and gun games with like mildly futuristic looking guns. And like, if that's all there is to it, like that doesn't excite me at all. Like, you know, Mass Effect, we had special power, you know, we had the biotic abilities, we had the tech technology abilities, you know, I, I, I kind of don't imagine we're going to get anything to that extent. So if it's just running and gunning and then, you know, and then exploring planets and like scanning things, like I, I just, I worry that the gameplay could be dull and that's kind of my big concern with the game. We did see a pretty extensive skill tree they go yeah. through on one of the. On one but of they the didn't really also, show us what skills yeah. we can be choosing. Like, and and I know they also said like when you create your character, you choose your background. So you you start out with three. I think they called them abilities. So it it, mm -hmm. it does give the impression that there's going to be active abilities that you can use, but they didn't go into detail what those abilities are or what a what further abilities you can receive later in the game. So that's kind of the stuff that I want to see. I'm I'm cool with it being more um I I guess closer to naturalism than uh than uh, fantasy. Uh I'm really liking the gritty like kind of uh almost firefly like ships mm -hmm. and and whatnot. And we haven't really oh, the seen ships a lot look of great. alien life, right? Like we've seen like the the critters but not like humanoid alien mm -hmm. life. Yeah. Uh which I'm I'm okay with too. Like I'm excited with the the idea of just multiple colonies that you're you're interacting with um space pirates i also want to like i'm really liking the super minimal hud like the mm -hmm. just the, it's very yeah. clean very like almost uh textbook or <laughs> I, I don't know it's i'm i'm liking it and from like a uh i'm not a huge fan of like skyrim or elder scrolls and i love fallout but the the Bethesda ones three and four were very low on my fallout list of enjoyed games. So it's not that I'm coming into this with like high or low expectations. I'm giving it, I'm, I'm looking at it as it is. Right. And the only other thing that kind of like took me down another notch was they still have that classic Bethesda. When you're in melee, you're just running backwards while swinging. Kind of look, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, oh man, yeah. <laughs> we still That's... haven't figured that out. <laughs> but everything else is looking really sharp, and I'm I'm liking what I saw. I was actually from somebody not really interested in Starfield. It brought me to that point where it's like, okay, this looks like something I might actually really want to play. So yeah, I'm uh, I'm I'm excited. Yeah, it it really does feel like sort of a and, and again you can't help but make the comparison it feels like a tighter more focused no man's sky 
that we can expect to be very story rich and mm-hmm. and that is exciting so so there's that um well you know there's that comes out what early next year so we're going to we're going to I'm sure be getting more information on that um you know in the months to come so that kind of remains to be seen uh what all do you want to talk about next there's so many so, so many so, so I'll, I'll bring up I'll bring up the next one because this is again uh, in in chats in in previous chats it's been where's my Elden Ring where's my Silk Song so why don't we talk about Silk Song <laughs> Oh yes uh, James did you did you play uh, Stephen I know you didn't James did you play Hollow Knight Oh yeah Okay yeah, yeah. I figured I, you would I, have I loved but... Hollow Knight It's it's I absolutely thought it was one of like uh, I think it was one of the best indie games I've ever played like it's just so everything from the music to the aesthetic to the lore to the the hand-drawn elements of the the style it's like a metroidvania that was just like built with like the perfect amount of love and uh inspired by obviously like castlevania metroid and uh dark souls and uh i've been awaiting silk song for uh, quite some time just as everyone else has been yeah i'll say uh, finally I know. Yeah, it's been so long since, uh, you know, since the initial announcement. I think it's been, what, like three years since it was officially announced in a Nintendo Direct. And we hadn't heard anything about it since. It's been complete, uh, basically complete radio silence. And and now, of all places, it shows up in, in Xbox, <laughs> which I understand uh, Nintendo fans are very upset about. Um from from when I was reading oh. through through Reddit, is uh, Nintendo fans did not like the fact that it wasn't in a Nintendo Direct for the next the next announcement. We do of course know that it's coming to Nintendo Switch, so I don't understand what the big deal is. But um, I know for me, like playing Hollow Knight, I I never finished the game. I played a good chunk of that game. I I played pretty far into it. There were some weird, in my opinion, there were some. Uh, there were there were definitely some quality of life improvements that I, I'm really hoping to see in Silk Song here. But when I look at Silk Song, the um it doesn't look quite as dark, which I like. Hollow Knight, I feel like was just it had some really nice areas. The the art was beautiful, but everything was just so dark and oppressive. And Silk Song, at least from what we've seen, looks to be a little bit brighter, a little bit more like a, a little bit less of like a, a dark tone, not to say that there isn't darkness there, but uh, also the combat looks more enjoyable to me. Like Hollow Knight was, it was, it was okay. Again, I think it was held back by a lot of quality of life things that could have been done better that I'm kind of just assuming that Silk Song is going to improve on, but we don't, we don't know that for sure. Either way, I'm excited for it because again, the combat does look, a, look a bit more exciting. It's a little bit more flashy. There's some more uh, aerial things that you do with Hornet versus, um, versus, um, I don't know, whatever he was called in, in a hollow. He wasn't hollow Knight, right? Yeah. Like, no, um, it was his, I don't know all name, the more of it. Yeah it's it's something like a, essentially like his name meant like empty shell or a husk or something like mm-hmm. that but i can't think i can't think of it uh, but yeah hornet like she's definitely got a bunch of different move sets she's she's got a lot more uh aerial mm-hmm. movement yeah to her so i i'm really excited to like try that out because it's not just a different game you're playing a whole different character right mm-hmm. so yep. it changes how really how the whole game plays 
it's almost it reminds me almost like playing those uh shovel knight um dlcs where they mm-hmm. gave you plague knight and uh specter knight and king knight and they all completely changed how the game oh yeah yep. and this looks like a the uh es- essentially the hollow knight equivalent of that and i'm yep. really excited to see kind of what the story is like is this a prequel or is it i can't i don't know if they've they've stated like is this a continuation of sorts but yeah I'm, I'm not too sure i don't know that they've i don't know if they've ever said because again the the details have been pretty light from this game mm-hmm. on this game since it since its announcement and um yeah and, and yeah and i believe this game actually started out as a dlc to hollow knight and then it just kind of expanded it grew into this its own thing and uh and yeah so we finally have some some new information on it and and the thing i guess you know that might kind of uh you know, that might also piss off Nintendo fans is the fact that this is coming day one to Game Pass, which is incredible. What Game Pass is such an incredible value. I can't like I can't believe they pulled this off because it's it's a game that I feel like even the original Hollow Knight, even though it came out on Switch later than it did on Steam and and maybe consoles too, like it came a little bit late. It, I still feel like it was very synonymous with the Switch. And then again, when Silksong was announced in a Nintendo Direct, again, it just feels very synonymous with the Switch and the fact that it shows up here in Xbox's uh, uh, event. And then now it's a day one on Game Pass. Like it's um, that's got to sting a little bit. I mean, I'm thinking for me, like, you know, the the Switch is a perfect spot for games like this. But, yeah, uh, you know, if you get it on Game Pass, like that's hard to pass up. Yeah, so. I, I definitely am excited to be able to try it. And the nice thing is like, yeah, if you're not even sure if you want to play this game or if it's for you, Game Pass is like your 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 new uh, video store for renting a game yeah. and trying it out. Mm-hmm. So it's just I mean, I'll probably still buy it for the Switch because I love my it's a perfect a place to play. Yeah. And it's just that's where I have the first one. I just I love having that that option and everything I have on my switch is digital. So it's just like, it's super fast to jump from one game to the next. Um, and, uh, yeah, I will probably still try it on game pass. If my, uh, computer can handle it. I know that seems ridiculous, but my computer is not the best. I'm, I'm trying out a, a game right now and it's like, it's chugging. <laughs> now we still don't know when when this game is coming out all we know is that according to xbox every game that they showed during their event is coming out within the the calendar next year yeah so we can i guess assume that silk song is coming by this time next year we'll we'll be able to play it does Mm -hmm. nintendo show silk song at the direct and do they give us the date you know honestly i think i think that's that's highly possible uh, I wouldn't even be surprised. It's, it's going to be me because I, if if you've been in the game greater discord, you know how I've been with silk song. It's like every time there's, there's a Nintendo direct, I'm like a hundred percent silk song is going to be here. And uh, so I'm, I'm making a bold claim now that when that Nintendo direct comes, they will show silk song and they will have a date and it will be shadow dropped. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> And coming so out today it's coming out today and it'll be available on Game Pass right after that direct as well. If you don't have Game Pass, you can get it for a buck to try it out. Yeah. There you go. 
So yeah, yeah, yeah. good game. It's gonna be good. Mm-hmm. Steven, do you, I know you didn't play Hollow Knight. Do you have any? Do you have any thoughts? Do you have any feelings on Silk Song at all? So I'll try it. I mean, it's oh, like James said, it's yeah. it's going to be like renting a game from Blockbuster on Game yep. Pass, right? So I gave 12 minutes a try. There's no reason for me not to give Silk Song a try. That's right. So. You did. Did oh, you give it the full 12 minutes? <laughs> I gave it I gave it 24 minutes because oh, I went okay. through two iterations. <laughs> and after that, I'm like, this is stupid. I'm out. <laughs> Sorry, developers. I, it just wasn't for me. It wasn't yeah. stupid. It just wasn't for me. Same. Same. <laughs> But yeah, I'll definitely give it a try. Uh, with it being on Game, game Pass is a powerful service. It gives me the opportunity to play a lot of different stuff. Outriders, yep. I wouldn't have purchased, but I got it on Game Pass and now I'm in love with that game. So it's, you know, it's one of those things. Get a chance to find stuff that maybe you weren't interested in and get interested. Yeah. All right, James, what do you got? Hit us with a hit us with another game. Oh. One that really stood out to me as just phenomenal in visuals and execution is the Plucky Squire. Yes. And it's got like the first thing I saw immediately was James Turner's illustration style. And James Turner is uh, he's an illustrator, but he's he's known for being the art director on Pokemon Sword and Shield. Uh, And if you follow him on Twitter, he's got just like you look at the first couple scenes of the plucky squire and it's 100% like everything he draws on his Twitter. And, uh, it's, it's phenomenal. It looks charming. You see these little characters running across a book and then, uh, they're fighting in all these different styles from like a, uh, uh, light gun shooter to a punch out, like fighting mm-hmm. thing. And I, I feel like that's not going to be really much of the game. Like it's right. going to be in the first like 10 minutes you do yeah. all this stuff. And uh, a little like sort of like top down puzzles like Legend of Zelda. And then he hops off the page of the book and suddenly he's in this giant bedroom. And it's just like he's jumping on uh, coffee cups. He's he's fighting and collecting items across a desk. He's he's on like it looks like a um, uh, a lunchbox and stuff like that. And it's just like mm-hmm. it's swapping the 2D to 3D and jumping back and forth. And it just looks so irresistibly charmable and yeah i'm so excited for this it reminded me a lot of like mario odyssey when um you know it you have those big 3d sandbox yeah. environments and then you have those 2d sections that you jump in and out of and and it really kind of kind of strikes as that with maybe um skewing more to to more of those 2d sections where in odyssey they were a bit more they were they were kind of few and far between where I think this is going to be heavily, there's going to be some heavy usage of the 2D uh, environments. And I, I got to say, for me, I was very surprised when they hopped out of that book. And it's like this very, you know, realistic looking like art studio. I thought that was just super cool. It looks great. I'm very excited for this game. This is the game, of course, that I had alluded to earlier with the Devolver uh, Digital Direct was uh, Plucky Squire here. So. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to this one. Um, I think this is a 2023 game. So we got a little bit of a wait, but that's going to be really exciting to play. Yeah, this is one of those ones that um, I think it charmed everybody. I don't think anybody was upset seeing this game just on how it went. And it was Mm -hmm. uh, and it's that 2D to 3D conversion and how nice and clean that looks. And then um, all the different gameplay styles right so like it's it's top down like like uh zelda it's punch out it's 
uh, Mario, like there's all the different things kind of thrown into this. So it's, it's a, um, it's a nostalgia run in something new that we haven't seen like a, in a big way. We saw it. You mentioned, honestly, we saw it a little bit there, but like, this is like, now this is a major mechanic, you know? So it's, um, I'm charmed by it. I, I love the look of this game. And mm-hmm. I think another person had mentioned something like a, um, um, sack boy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, is something along those lines, like very, just, just one of those that you would expect to be a launch title for a next gen or something like that. It's got, it's got that kind of feel to it. It's a really nice looking game. Yes, it is. Um, yeah, there's just so much that looks great. I, I'm, I am kind of interested to see how big of a game it's going to be. Like, you know, it does it all take place just, you know, on these books and mugs and in this room, or do we venture outside of this room and explore other areas? Like, I really am interested to see like how, how far this goes. Um, or maybe we're just hopping into a bunch of different books. So yeah, I can't wait to see more on that. But yeah, that was a that was a good uh, call out there. Steven, you got another one for us? I do. I'm going to bring up um, Warhammer f- uh, 40,000 Dark Tide. Um, this this is a game. So Warhammer, uh, actually, the developer, the, the studio is uh, Fat Shark. And Fat Shark worked on... Uh, Vermintide, which mm-hmm. was the kind of the predecessor to to Darktide, um, and I watched I watched a lot of Vermintide gameplay. A couple of streamers that I was wa- that I watched they they spent about a week or week and a half on that, and it's one of these things where you're going to have a first person shooter. Everybody has different types of abilities depending on which character you end up picking, and then within that, f- uh, you know, wave after wave of just slaying down huge amounts of enemies. You're also taking care of objectives to continue to move on through that zone. And I don't know if it's, I, I think it's really just the change of aesthetic from Vermintide to Darktide that really grabbed me, kind of just ripping us up into this industrial, dark, dank, spacey place and um, giving a couple different characters, showing off this gameplay with like special abilities being used, uh, you know, the chainsaw swords happening the big man baby that I like to call him that I call dibs on for whenever I play, um, <laughs> you know, just all these different elements that they added into this versus what Vermintine had. And I'm just, I'm hooked on this. It was something that was completely unexpected for me. I wasn't, you know, this isn't something that I was going in. Oh man, I hope they really show something from, from, uh, from fat shark. I hope we get it. Like this just came out of nowhere and it grabbed me by the eye holes. This was a, this was a fun watch uh, uh, showcase wise and it's got me pretty hyped for it. I'm I'm excited to give this game a try and and um, hopefully get some friends to play with me because I think that that's where a lot of fun was being had is whenever you had a bunch of buddies kind of mm-hmm. running around trying to do these objectives right. while fighting off hordes and of enemies with cool weapons and abilities. It's one of those types of things, and um, I'm I'm just super pumped for this. Are yeah, you definitely familiar a lot with the uh, Warhammer universe. No, I should be um, as big of a nerd as what I am for tabletop stuff. I do know it exists and I know that they do large scale battles. It's one of those things. And uh, it's a very vast universe. Like I, I stumble into Warhammer TikTok every now and then, and they just they blow my mind with as much lore as that comes out of this, because there's a number of different factions 
and it's basically a universe at war all the time and mm-hmm. everybody's become so good at war there's rts games that i've been looking at as well um even saw a speed run of one dawn of so war like is the first one is really good the yeah, second one like, not so much it's a it's a very vast universe and this is the first time that i've ever saw anything that i was kind of like i definitely have to get in this and i need mm. to i need to get involved with this a little bit more <clears throat> yeah vermintide looked inter- interesting this looks better in my opinion like this looks more interesting to me than vermintide did even though it's kind of like the same concept i don't know if it's just like the sort of kind of aesthetic change a little bit or like change in like, uh, you know, what you're fighting or or who you're playing as. I, I don't even know if it's the same characters, but having seen a little bit of Vermintide and looking at this like that, but it definitely does seem like a game that is better with friends. You have people to play with like that seems like it's kind of kind of the strong suit of the game. And it would it would have to be something I think that I would need to have other people to get into. But it looks pretty cool. Yeah, this I, I played a bit of Vermintide with uh, some buddies of mine, and uh, it's it's fun. It it's not a, at all a very cerebral game. You're just mm-hmm. beating crap out of things and yelling, and at that's each other okay too. too. <laughs> yeah, it was fun for what it is. Uh, this is definitely more up my alley because I do play uh, Warhammer. Um, I have about three armies plus a bunch of like mini armies. Um, I'm not super avid in the like most current sets of it, but I've read a lot of the books. I I really enjoy the um, the lore and the world of Warhammer 40k, and uh, so this is way closer to something I'm I'm interested in. Uh, it wasn't shown, but uh, I am very very interested in uh, um, Space Marine Two, which is was that the PC coming- show. Yeah, that yeah. oh it was yeah. show. Oh, yeah. I, it was. I must have yeah. missed the PC show. Space Marine 2 is huge. I'm a huge fan of the first one. I absolutely loved it. It blew me out of the water as one of the better Warhammer games. Warhammer has that tendency to like uh Games Workshop sells that license to anybody and everybody, and everybody and anybody makes a game, and about maybe 10% of them are actually good games. The I'm Dark Tide sure. looks good. And one uh, of the smaller one of the smaller events during the past week was dedicated to Warhammer. It was just all Warhammer games. Um, but yeah, Space Marine 2 was there and that game looks dope, James. Like it looks so, so good because uh, that's another one. Again, not expecting it. I'm like, oh, Dark Tide Warhammer game. Great. That's <laughs> going to be the one. And then Space Marine 2 gets shown and it's, it's even more chainsaw swords. And the Space Marines look totally ridiculously good um combat looks great like it's just it's another one that was that it's on the radar i mean keep an eye out for it i'm gonna throw out one more that i don't know if it was at the pc because i mean i must have missed the pc showcase but the uh there's a game called bolt gun that's coming out also warhammer and it looks like doom just warhammer and it looks it's so like classic doom looks so enjoyably stupid and i'm all on board with that one too so looks like they had this one at that warhammer specific oh the warhammer specific showcase Mm -hmm. but it was but it was shown reveal trailer (laughs) at least there you go yeah all right so the next one i want to bring up here and and i think james this probably speaks a little bit more to you and i again than it does to steven and i guess i i kind of have a a theme going here with the games that I'm choosing to talk about, but I got to talk about the last faith. 
And this is one that just really stuck out to me whenever, whenever, uh, when the trailer played. And it feels like, or it, it seems like it's kind of like a 2D Bloodborne. And I love Bloodborne, but it has like just that kind of, it has that vibe to it. And uh, it definitely, it, you know, for being like a pixel art game, it looks pretty gory. Some of these like finishers that you can do with like your various weapons, like your gun or axe or sword. Uh, it shows a few of these in the in the trailer. And it's like, these are some pretty brutal kills that that you're doing with it. But it looks so good. Like the I love the art style. Like I know I know pixel art is really starting to get on some people's nerves because it's just everywhere. Like I kind of get that. But the pixel art in this game looks amazing. Uh, the game itself looks really good. There's there's magic. There's there's some great weapons. There's some cool looking bosses, like some big boss fights on the way. I just I really hope that the gameplay, the look of the gameplay from the, the, the trailer here translates into the game because I actually did play a demo of a, another game that I saw um, that kind of had like a Metroidvania look to it. And in one of the showcases, I played a demo of it and I was kind of let down by the by the combat, like maybe let down is a bad, um, you know, is, is maybe a bad thing for it. Like it wasn't terrible, but I think I think that some of the game systems kind of got in the way of actually playing the game, which was kind of frustrating. So I hope we don't get anything like that with this game. Like I, it, it looks beautiful. It looks it looks awesome. It looks like it's going to be a ton of fun. And I just need it to like execute too like i need it to feel good too yeah no i i agree with you i i didn't notice it until you sh sent me a link to that video and i was like this this is up this just skyrocketed into like yeah. the, i'm gonna keep an eye on this because and it comes out this year um mm -hmm. and uh so i'm i'm excited for that it looks yeah like you said the pixel pixel art just looks so striking there's so many of these like really cool like finishing moves yeah like he like knocks a guy to the ground with a flintlock rifle and right pushes them off and it's just like it looks like there's gonna be a lot of like very uh beautifully articulate articulated like finisher moves yeah mm -hmm. with each weapon and whatnot it looks like yeah like bloodborne meets symphony symphony of the night yeah and mm -hmm. uh yeah fingers crossed that while the visuals look stunning, the gameplay is on par. Yeah, I was watching the trailer, and I tell you what, I could not smash that wish wish list button hard enough. Like, <laughs> I'm like this. I am I am all in on this. I think I even um, it, it was it was prior to the Xbox event, but I, I I made a tweet, and I'm like, I think you know, so far the Last Faith is is my game of the show, mm -hmm. and you know I you know Xbox had their event, and there was a lot of stuff that really really pulled me in there, but. Uh, the the last faith remains one of the best games in my opinion that I saw during all the all the various events, and it's one of the ones that I'm I'm most looking forward to. In that same realm, because last faith does look good. It reminds me of PlayStation era Castlevania, Symphony yeah, Night mm -hmm. times, you know. Uh, but within that same realm of of game, nine years of shadows. Um, this one is, this is the one that caught my eye whenever it comes to the pixel art 2d Metroidvania type of deal. This is the one that really caught my eye. Cause I, I like what they started building story-wise out of this, how you're just kind of 
gaining elemental armors, going through to save the world in some way, special abilities attributed to each of those armors. I'm, I'm really looking forward to get my hands on this to give it a try. Um, and I hope I end up liking it because it's just, it's a very interesting thing where you have, um, with those different suits that you end up getting or those different armor sets, is the one thing I'm wondering and I, and I want to see is if it's going to have that, you know, retrace your steps that we get out of Metroid. Um, mm -hmm. I think you guys talked about that last, last episode is it, it is it going to have that where it's going to be very linear and we're just going to keep going forward or are we going to have to go back to other areas to use our new abilities that we got to pick up other power-ups? I would love to see that happen with it. And I feel like if it does, and if the gameplay loop gets me well, um, nine years of shadows is definitely going to be one that's going to, that I'm going to stick with and enjoy playing. It's a yeah. That, cool that one was a really good call out. And I think I could be wrong. Maybe I should take a look here. Um, I think there might be a demo of it. Maybe not. I, maybe I just wish listed it. Um, but I know, uh, what is it? The, as part of, as part of the, uh, summer game fest, there's, there's next fest, next fest on steam. And I thought I saw this game on there as a demo, but maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, no, that was, uh, I was wrong. That was just me hitting the hitting wish list on it. Um, forget, forget I said that scratch it, <laughs> but yeah, no, that game looks great. And again, yeah, it just, as far as like that, um, you know, that, that kind of retro looking, you know, Metroidvania style gameplay like this, this one looks great. I still think in my opinion, I, I am definitely, I, I gravitate more towards, um, the last faith, but this one looks great too. And it's definitely one that's a hundred percent on my radar. Definitely want to try that one out. I want to bring up a weird game that I will. It's, it's not what I don't think any of us expected to see. And it was at the Xbox Bethesda showcase. It's Obsidian's Pentiment. Okay. Which is I the more I, I look at the trailer, the more I'm like, I really want to know what this game is about more than just like, because it looks like 16th century tech. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I was, I, was just, I think I think more than anything, I was just surprised that that was an Obsidian game because it looks yeah. like, you know, it looks like an indie game, right? <laughs> but it, since it's Obsidian, you know that the story and the, the writing is going to be just on point. Yeah. So you know it's going to be like if it's more story driven, which it visually looks like it's going to be more story driven, it's going to be fantastic. And I'm just really interested on like how this game works and how it's going to evolve. Because like they'll flip to like it looks like there's like these pages where it's got like uh, text that's just a, like an old English. You can't read it. It's in that like very fine calligraphy style that everything looks like gibberish. And like there's like scenes playing out. And then, uh, yeah, I don't know. It just, I'm loving like the aesthetic of it. And <laughs> I don't know. I feel like it's going to be a surprisingly good game that I am not, I'm not sure if I'm 100% on board, but I'm really curious about it. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely, I was caught off guard. It's really yeah. what it is, right? Like it's, it's one I definitely need to see more of. It, it's I, I feel like it's going to be one of those games where like probably not for me, but I would enjoy watching other people play through. Mm. 
but it is obsidian and that is that that kind of raises my eyebrows a bit because they do some great work yeah what else y'all want to bring up how about how about that action rpg from a44 flintlock siege of dawn um this, we, this was a really cool looking game. We were memeing it. Was, it we memed it yesterday. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Us and, and the friends that we had over. We we were memeing it big time. But it no, it, it looks it looks really good. Like this is a this is a really cool looking action RPG. It's got a lot of elements uh from a lot of our favorites that we've seen in the past. Special abilities, jumping through the air, high up in the sky, you know. Uh it's more instead of bow and arrow, it's it's flintlock pistols and rifles plus some some abilities. It does have a little magical fox that follows you around and you can use it to uh, traverse other terrains or get to places that you wouldn't be able to get without it. I'm really interested in this. I just don't want it to be empty. And that's mm. kind of what I'm going to be watching on this one is just seeing, um, is it is it a full world? And that's really the big thing that I want to see, that I would like to see out of this is that's my concern with it. I really love the look at it of it. I just want to see a rich world with a, at least a decent plot to get me through the game. Even if it's only like, let me get through this 20, 25 hours or something like that. Yeah. That was definitely one that caught my eye. Yeah, it was, it was, no, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, we saw it before, didn't we? Wasn't it at like um, the Game Awards last year? It might have. I don't I recall remember, it. I remember the Fox and uh, the title fairly like like I was as soon as I saw it, I was like, I, I recognize this. We've seen this before, but this is definitely the trailer they've shown us is much more detailed of like the gameplay and how it's going to look. And it looks entertaining. Like, I don't know if it's my kind of game because um i worry it i worry i worry i have the same worries as you steven i think it's i i i don't know if it's got enough there for me yet mm. in, from the from the trailers um i'd almost hope it's more linear than open world but uh, there are some pretty cool looking scenes like from the character jumping off of ledges to enemies lower uh, lower down to using these weird like triangle portals to warp around I, I think there's a lot there that could be really really special um but yeah i'm gonna i'm just gonna have to wait and see a little bit more no it is it's it's day one with game pass so i mean you yep. can try it out i can see what it. you think and uh, yeah you can uh, rent it rent it from your uh x x x block blocks buster <laughs> 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 But yeah, that that one, um, you're. I think you're. I totally have faith in you, James. That that was probably shown at, at Game Awards. I don't recall mm -hmm. seeing it, and then seeing it yesterday at Xbox's event, it kind of caught me off guard. Like it, at first glance, I'm like, I just uh, my snap judgment was this isn't a game for me. But then as the trailer went on, I'm like, okay, this actually looks pretty cool, and and uh, yeah, now I'm absolutely interested in it, and I'm, uh, you know, especially with it being on Game Pass. I can give it a try. No, no extra hassle or anything like that. So uh, it seems like a, a good one to check out for sure. Be interested to see how, um, how it's received. Yeah. But yeah, I think I agree with you though, James. I, I, this to me looks like a game that I, I kind of hope would be linear. I, as much as I really like open world games, you know, sandbox style games, it is good to have balance, right? So I like to balance those big open world games with 
maybe something a little bit more linear. And so I hope this is kind of that game to kind of help balance things a little bit. All right. We got a little bit more time here. Um, I, I think, I think that this isn't a game that I'm going to get, but I do want to bring up the discussion because it brought up some heated debate. <laughs> I shouldn't say heated. There was some, there was some words exchanged in the, in the, in the discord <laughs> um, about the, the last of us remake. Okay. So, I mean, I'm still on of the, the mind that, you know, a remake probably wasn't necessary, but I understand that it's probably for the benefit of the HBO show that's coming out. Um, it looks great. Uh, it, it, it absolutely looks great. Um, but you know, they're, they're improving the, the graphics, obviously they're adding in ray tracing, they're improving faces and all that, which, and I'll say, I actually kind of don't like the changes they made. I know Steven, you have, you have a joke about Ellie that you like to make. Um, yep. but to me, they sort of, I think they aged Joel and Ellie in this remake <laughs> to the point where they look a little bit too much like their last of us part two, um, characters or, or like the, the visual, which those, that game takes place four or five years after the events of part one. And the, so to me, the fact that they aged those two characters a little bit in this remake, I think makes it look like the, you know, the events of part one happened maybe a little bit too close to part two. Like I liked the original design a little bit better. Like I understand improving, you know, textures, graphics, all that sort of stuff. But I, I feel like they just aged them a little bit and I don't in my head, like it just, it doesn't make sense. I will say that Ellie's age in Last of Us Part 1 is pretty damn close to uh, my youngest. And I think they, like, bringing, like, the, from what I've seen in Part 1, they look pretty similar, like, in physique and shape and facial structure. So I'm like, for me, it's, I, I didn't, it didn't really notice that difference as much. Because I just, I think I'm just so used to seeing my daughter and I see that. Ellie is looks pretty nat <laughs> very yeah. similar. Now now Joel but. on the other hand, there I think is a little bit more clear. Like they kind of yeah. I don't know. I feel like his his face was a little bit more jolly, like it was a little wider, and then he was obviously a lot more gray than he was in the the original version of the game. Mm -hmm. So I think they you can definitely see the aging through Joel probably more than Ellie. And again, I don't I don't have a daughter. I guess I'm I, I'm not really around uh young girls to know like <laughs> if they're a like if ellie's character model is like age appropriate to someone that you know would be her age in real life so i don't know it how was just is, how old is ellie uh she's uh, because she's 18 in part two and this one is four years four or five so, so okay so maybe that's the thing i think maybe i was thinking she was younger in part one than what she really is so maybe that that was just me not understanding like how old she's supposed to be in in part I, I was i don't know i was thinking she was like closer to like 10 or 11 in in part one yeah uh if let's see in part she's 18 in part two she was 14 in the original Okay. So that, okay. Roughly. That, that makes a little bit more sense. In fact, in, in, in that context, I think it, I think it makes sense that they age because I think she, she looks younger than 14 in the original cut of the game. Mm -hmm. So that in mind, I don't know. 
Now with Last of Us, it's it's not just graphical update, right? You're getting AI. There's AI, yeah, mechanics, gameplay, right? All that stuff is getting updated as well. Yeah. So here's here's what I'll say. About yeah. So yeah, accessibility. I think here's what I'll say about this. Um, it, it last the Last of Us series is heralded as one of the greatest game series ever, right? I I'm not a I'm not a fan of it myself. I never really dug into the game, uh, much to everybody's chagrin. It's heralded as this amazing thing, right? Another series that comes to mind that got a remaster, very similar to this, with mechanics changing, graphical increases, was Mass Effect, the Mass Effect Legendary Edition. I don't think this is a bad thing. I really don't. Because if they're doing quality of life changes and graphical increases and stuff like that, and like with the way everybody talks about this game, maybe it's something that me as a... I might pick it up as a new player. So I don't know if it's so much as a there's a part of me that says this isn't so much for old fans that this is more for like people who have gotten their PS five. They're looking for something else to play on it and they haven't played this game yet. Well, here is this beautiful remake of this game that everybody says is amazing. Give this a try with the quality of life changes, you know? Um, and it does, it looks absolutely fantastic compared to some of the gameplay that I've watched on the original. And that's kind of where my mind is taking it is, is it's, Getting that Mass Effect Legendary Edition, almost the the treatment that they wanted to give it, but they couldn't at the at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the. But the Legendary Edition the wasn't a full remake, though. That was more of a remaster with some quality of life improvements. Well, that's this what is a this like. is a, this, no this is this is a ground this up remake. Ground up. No kidding. Okay. Ground yeah, up. No. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> I thought it was just like no quality of life. No, no. Yeah. And, and, and so what the plot's changing is that no, so even the plot. It, no, it looks like it, all of the beats they're hitting all the main story beats. They might change mm-hmm. some areas, like how the areas flow to one another. Um, and maybe the encounters might change up a little bit, but a lot of the, like the, the clips you see, these are like, shot for shot almost of like the clips from the first game however Mm -hmm. we are getting like the systems in last of us part two like for the game was just phenomenal from like breathing systems for like your characters to um yeah enemies reactions and names and the way they uh they they react when they uh they know you're there or don't know you're there and are trying to find you um the uh like i mentioned before accessibility in part two was phenomenal i couldn't believe how many accessibility options like i'm not one who needs a lot of accessibility but i think that the more accessibility you have for a game the more people can enjoy that game and it's not just saying people I, i don't believe in in gatekeeping anybody from a game and some people probably couldn't play the first one just because they just didn't have those enough features for them to utilize it, but they could play the second one and might be curious about playing the first one, but they, maybe they gave it a try, like the remastered and it just, it wasn't there for them. Right. But having like over like 60 plus, they have options so you can play with one. But here, here's, here's the thing though. Here's the thing. So adding, yes, that's, that's great. I think accessibility absolutely needs to be a focus in gaming because there's going to come a time where, my old my old ass hands are going to become frail and not able to play games and i'm going to i'm going to have to at some point lean on accessibility options to to be able to play games mm-hmm. totally get it accessibility needs to be a thing did they need to do a ground up remake to add accessibility options in a game probably not 
No. No. The game is, I don't is think they did. the game is less than 10 years old. And it's getting a remake. Like, where do we draw the line then, right? If if now it's this, and next thing you know, the the full the full Witcher series now is getting a full remake, or you know, and and I think the the first what two games are older than ten years, but mm-hmm. you know, it's it's just where does I the mean, line stop? I mean, Final Fantasy VII is is getting a remake, which is great, but that game is now twenty five years old. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just it, it it feels to me like a little bit of a cash grab. And again, accessibility options. Fantastic. I love that they're doing that. But it didn't need the ground up remake for them to be able I, to do that. <laughs> I think the the other side of the the other side of it is to uh, besides the HBO show, which is very it's obvious. This mm-hmm. is why they're they're sure. they're focusing on this one. Yeah. Uh, clearly, they've they've stated that the not the full script, but most of the script for uh, Last of Us Part Three has been written. Like it's the the they've got all the groundwork there. They they're starting work on it, but they haven't like they're nowhere near ready to start showing anything. Or yeah, we don't even know if the game is actually being developed and underway. But the plans for it is laid in stone. I predict we will see it before the end of this console generation. And I think what they want is all three of those games to be on one generation, all up to date, running on the same uh, engine with the same kind of level of fidelity and controllability and with uh, like all the options that they have set before them. I feel so like that makes more sense like when when part three is actually on the way though. Like mm-hmm. as it no, gets closer okay. to part three, it's like, okay, now experience you know, part one and part two on like a on a single disc. You can buy them as like a mm-hmm. bundle or something and you get the remade version of one include part two as well and then people you know you can broaden your audience with that and then so not to say that it never should be a thing but it just seems it seems very soon it seemed but again they have the show coming out so you want to broaden the audience you want people to get acquainted with these characters before the show comes out like i understand it just it feels i don't know it feels cash grabby to me like i don't love it it's fine that it's happening. It's it's obviously not stopping them from their other endeavors, which I think if, if that were the case, then I'd really have a problem with it. It makes it, I'm sure I make it sound like I have a problem with this game and I don't. It's yeah. just sort of playing the devil's advocate to the thing. Like, does it need to exist? Probably not. It does exist and that's fine. Um, a lot of people wonder, are going to enjoy it. So I wonder if the multiplayer was originally supposed to be in this slot. But because of the HBO show, they decided to allocate more of their resources to the remake over the multiplayer. And that's why the multiplayer has been delayed or not delayed, but not. I'm curious about the multiplayer, though, too. Like, I think we all kind of assume that it's going to be like a like a death match or like a, uh, you know, four V four sort of like just last man standing sort of thing. But I wonder if it's going to be more of like a co-op like. And I don't know if they've said anything on it. I don't I don't know. I could just be talking out of my ass here, but I'd be really interested if it's like a like a like a four person campaign. Think like Left 4 Dead slash Back for Blood, something in that realm where it's like a, you know, and, and obviously you can add in PVP elements to that. Like we saw with uh, with Left 4 Dead back in the day, the way you can have four people progressing through like a, a main mission, a main, you know, story campaign thing but still have people PVPing in that same, mm-hmm. that same experience. 
Back for Blood did it a little bit differently, um, where PvP was just straight up PvP. It's it's you know you versus the the people playing as monsters in like a an enclosed space, and but it, I I wonder though if they if they take it to sort of like that original sort of Left for Dead model. I think that'd be really cool if they did that. I don't know what it's going to be or what it's going to look like, but I based I would hope that the, it's based off the combat that I've seen. I would I would almost love to see that be like a daisy sort of deal where you're kind of dropping everybody in it looks like they're in san francisco for this multiplayer that they showed right mm -hmm, so drop right. everybody into this into this zone and then like do the sneaking around if you want to get your resources go up against other teams that have dropped in with you you know that sort of idea i would love to see it be sort of this open realm you know scavenger hunt for gear and then once you feel like you're strong enough to take anybody else down go and do it I would love to see something like that. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. I think That'd that's be cool. the best the best way to do it too. I, I would love to have like that option of like you could team you could you could team up with other players, but you could also take Ultimately, them down and steal their loot and yeah, you could upgrades. stab them in the back, sort of thing. You know, really yeah, put it in cool. that post apocalyptic survival sort of situation where like okay, yeah. right now it seems like it's a good idea to team up with you, but. Oh, your bank is turned. Let me take this opportunity to get your stuff and, you know, get out of here. That's I just, thing. I just really don't want to see them settle as like a, like a team deathmatch, sort yeah. of multiplayer. Like I just, I want to see something more creative than that. They have a lot of depth in their combat and a lot of depth in how you were moving through zones and how things reacted to you. I think that that's the model that they need to kind of stick with this as multiplayer because like having that sneak around ability, you know, the the stealth with the survival with the combat you got to get those core mechanics in there that you had during the base game to really kind of like make this feel like oh this is last of us multiplayer because it's got mm -hmm. the, those different things built into it versus oh this is just this is just back for blood or this is just left for dead right give it give it the last of us vibe whenever you get for into sure that. i love this this discussion but i know we've got we've got a hard out coming up so uh, I know we we have some lists here, so why don't we just rapid fire through our list? The the games that that really appealed to us throughout the show, just to give listeners like an idea, and in case they missed any of this, we can give them some names to go check out. Maybe there's a demo for a couple of them. Um, but why don't we just go ahead and, and fire off? To, uh, James, do you want to start? I I just had two more that were like on my top tier list. I'm I'm really interested in the Callisto Protocol. Um, mm -hmm. not, not being a huge, um, I've never really played the dead cells games, but I, I do want to try dead space because of this. Sorry, dead space. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I also haven't played dead cells, um, <laughs> but I, uh, I really want to try them. And because of this game, I really think I need to, uh, so Callisto protocol looks fantastic right up my alley. And then the other one is the Marvel midnight suns, which, uh, I know a lot of people were turned off by the card based system, but that's actually made me more excited for this game. Plus, I, I mean, I've read the comics, so I, I know it's not going to be the comics, but I'm really just excited to see all of those like sort of like more supernatural Marvel characters appearing like Ghost Rider and uh, um, uh, Blade. So it's it's going to be good. All right, Stephen, what do you got? I'm um, keeping my own eye on Stormgate, the RTS from Frost Giant, the guys who's made StarCraft 2 and Warcraft 3. So I'm 
keep an eye on that. Uh, Zenless Zone Zero uh, from MiHoYo was one that caught my eye. I'm going to be keeping my eye on it. Roots of Pancha, played the demo. Give it a try if you're a Stardew fan. It's got some really nice twists to it. You get eight days in game, and you can really get a good idea on what the mechanics are going to be like in it. A lot of fun on that. Um, Coral Island, I think we've seen that before, and it was here again. I'm just even more hyped to get it. Um, the Wandering Village, there's a demo on Steam. Give it a try. It's more difficult than what it seems. I can tell you that now. Uh, Outpost, first-person shooter tower defense from Team Ranger. Adam pointed this out to me yesterday and I sat there and I watched full eight minutes of gameplay on it. This looks amazing. Think Matrix, um, Matrix 3, Battle in Zion. Just put that in your mind whenever you go into this. It's it's almost dead, dead on to it. Uh, Aura History Untold, which is going to be a turn-based strategy game, probably a 4X um, like Civilization. I'm keeping an eye on that. Uh, and then Spellforce Conquest of EO uh, is another one of those ones that just like it's an RPG. Um, and again, not really looking for it, but there it was and it looked really good. So I'm going to be watching out for that one as well. Uh, the last one, uh, and this is probably my winner of the show, was Lord of the, Re Lord of the Rings Return to Moria. Um, crafting survival game based in Casa Doom. Uh, I, I would, I'm anxious to see what the lore is around it because there were, there was another expedition that went in there even after, um, Balin and those went in and they died, uh, to the Balrog and the goblins that were there after Gand or before Gandalf and those, and, and the fellowship went through, there was another expedition afterwards. And I'm wondering if that's what we are. So lore wise, as well as just getting back in there since, um, the last time I was in Moria was Lord of the Rings online. Uh, which was a really great time. So that was the one that really, really was, was when can I get this? When do I get to play it? <laughs> Game of show. Wow. High praise from that. Yeah. It does look great. I, that's one that's on my list too. I can't wait to, can't wait to play that. It's going to be super fun, especially if we can have our own server where, you know, us and friends can hop in and we can build in the mines together and um, there's crafting and combat and all that it looks fantastic. Uh, the other ones for me are, uh, the Last Faith, which I mentioned earlier, uh, Deliver Us Mars. I was a big fan of Deliver Us the Moon. Uh, I can't wait for Deliver Us Mars to come out. It's going to be a day one for me. Uh, maybe I'll stream Deliver Us the Moon before Mars comes out, and I'll try and stream Mars day one because I'm just so hyped for that. I love Deliver Us the Moon so much. <laughs> uh, Zenless Zone Zero was one for me. It looks very flashy. It looks uh, like very, very fun combat heavy game. Looks like a really good time. The Persona collection coming to Game Pass was way out of left field for me. I am so excited for these games to be playable on, on more mediums than what they currently are. So very much looking forward to that. So for those that don't know, it's the uh, PSP version of Persona 3, which I think is like the definitive version. There are some major, major quality of life tweaks to that that make that the version that you want to play. Uh, Persona 4 Golden, which is available on Steam. So that one came off of, um, you know, it, it came out of the uh, PlayStation's vice grip on it. And then uh, Persona 5, which I believe may have also already been on Steam or another service that's not PlayStation. I'm not sure. Either way, they're all coming to Game Pass, which is awesome. Uh, Ravenlock looked really cool, which was kind of like this Alice in Wonderland kind of voxel looking 
um, looking game. It looks really neat. Uh, so I'm excited to see more about that. Uh, Diablo four, uh, looks really, looks really, really good. And, uh, they introduced a new character, the necromancer. Um, so that game is shaping up to, to be something very interesting. And, uh, hopefully that comes to game pass too. But as of right now, it is not confirmed coral Island. So, um, yeah, an, another Stardew type game that looks really good, but maybe also with some dark, uh, some, some dark, everything's not at peace. Like with Stardew Valley, maybe there's some, something going on there. Uh, Saints Row, um, now that there's a, uh, actual character creator in that game, you can make your own character. I'm much more on board with it now than I was when it first came out, when it looked like that was not an option. So kudos to them on that for bringing a character creator in and, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, obviously, that looks fantastic. Comes out this week. And uh, gosh, and just really rapid fire here on the last few. Uh, Protodroid Delta, Ship of Fools, American Arcadia, No Place for Bravery, Nine Years of Shadows, Melatonin, Sacrifice, Demon School, Arto, Rotwood, River City Saga, Three Kingdoms, and uh, Biogun. And uh, Biogun, I, I played it. There's a demo of it. Tongue-in-cheek, kind of Metroidvania slash Hollow Knight vibes to it. Had a lot of fun with it. Very short, but it seems to be a very promising Metroidvania despite its kind of quirky and goofiness. So uh, it's one that I'm really interested in. So uh, I do have some other thoughts on some demos that I played, but I'll save that for another show. But if you're, you know, we gave some names here. If you want to see the full list of everything that was shown this past week, go to 2022, so the numbers 2022.e3recap.com. You can see every announcement from every show that took place. And also make sure to go on Steam. Next Fest is now live for a week. So you can go out, you can check a bunch of demos for one week. Um, after that week, a lot of those demos come off the store. So make sure you go check out some games now. Maybe you'll find something that you uh, that you want to get. So in the comments make sure you leave what you're hyped up for make sure yes. that if it's if we haven't mentioned what you're hyped for put that down there because i want to check it out yep we want to know and uh we're not sponsored by xbox as much as we talk about Game Pass. <laughs> right <laughs> or may, maybe we should be xbox where are you at xbox yeah. <laughs> uh, all right quick question for you guys before we let up nintendo comes out tomorrow morning and says that they've got a direct coming up on wednesday What's the one thing you want to see? Oh, man. I mean, <sighs> everybody wants to see Breath of the Wild. I know, I right? Feel like it's that's it's non... too easy. That's too easy. Yeah. <laughs> I, want to, I want to see, uh, we talked about this on last episode. I want to see the next mainline Mario game, whether it's Odyssey 2 or 2D. I want to see the next Mario. Metroid Prime. Yeah, Metroid Prime remake. Or Either four. like a trilogy or four. Give me a, yeah. one of them. Uh, just anything. Yeah. Well, have you heard that there's the 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 first Metroid Prime is potentially being remade yeah. from the ground up? I did not ground hear up that remake now. for Prime One. Yeah, I've heard really rumors excited. that it's almost done. So, so that could be really I imagine exciting. We'll probably get that near the end of the year, if not bold prediction. That's my bold prediction. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you know what? Those are both really good. I don't want to go with the. Uh, I don't even know what to do now, like because everything we've kind of been spoiled with everything that has come out recently and we know is coming out soon because I'm a huge Metroid fan. So that would have been my go to is uh, more Metroid. 
Um, I would love to see. God damn. Yeah, you guys, you guys took all the wind out of my sails. Sorry. I'm going to say something outlandish <laughs> and crazy. Do it. I want to see another. <laughs> I want to see another Star Tropics from the okay. old NES era Star right. Tropics. I love those games. I think they're absolutely fantastic. And it's a damn shame we haven't seen uh, a Star <laughs> Tropics since uh, since the NES. Um, but I would love to see even just if it was remastered. I'm pretty mm -hmm. sure you can play both of them on uh, on the uh, Nintendo. Uh, so maybe just the first one, the the online system they have. Mm -hmm. um, but the first one is good. It's very enjoyable. Silly, silly game. Um, worth worth a shot. If you like Legend of Zelda, uh, this is and it's like Legend of Zelda meets Earthbound in a ridiculous little story. Um, so, yeah, I'll say that. <laughs> All right. Awesome. All right. So that'll wrap it for the show today. Um, everyone listening, if you're listening on your favorite podcast service, thank you for that. We are available. This podcast will be available on pretty much all podcast services. If you are listening to that, you want to catch a video version, go to youtube.com. Just do a search for Level Grinders or the Level Gr Grinders podcast. Make sure to check out our page. Give us a subscribe. Uh, that would mean a lot if you could go do that. And again, uh, that's where you can leave your comment to let us know what games uh, you were most excited for from the show, what demos you tried that you really enjoyed, um, all that good stuff. So uh, real quick before we sign off, James, where can everybody find you? Find me on Twitter and Instagram at ButlordPrimus. Uh, and then you can f uh, watch me play video games poorly at twitch.tv slash BLP Entertainment. Sweet. Steven, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me everywhere. Twitch, Twitter, Instagram. Um, Lordly King S. All right. And you can find me pretty much everywhere. Uh, Twitch, Twitter, Instagram at Adam Palooza 85. Come on, stop by the stream or whatever. Um, yeah. So that'll do it for the show. Thanks again, guys, for for coming on and, and talking un three with me. And thanks, everybody, for listening or watching on YouTube. And we will see you all next time. Bye-bye.